It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, y'all? Liv Moose here. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. Got another incredible guest today. Going back to, to recruiting, talking Georgia recruiting on this show with, with Blaine Gilmer from UGASports.com, part of the Rivals Network. And he's also host of the Recruiting Every Second podcast. Just does an incredible job of talking SEC recruiting. So, Blaine, it's an honor to have you, brother. What's up? Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on. I don't know about an incredible guest. I don't want to. I don't want you to over over promise and under deliver. But I'm here to talk some SEC ball for sure. Love doing that. Hey, we're we're definitely we're definitely not uh, under we're definitely not over promising and under delivering with you because uh, if anybody uh, reads your stuff over on on UGASports.com, they know you do an incredible job, brother. Oh, I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, we're we're trying our hardest to keep up with these crazy times in terms of this condensed time period that these recruits seem to have to really get to know these coaches in person and on a more meaningful level. It's created for a different dynamic than really anybody's ever seen in college football recruiting. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that that month of June was was kind of one of what I wanted to start off with. Yeah, I know or Georgia had the opportunity to always host recruits on, on campus uh, in June, obviously being one of the premier programs uh, in college football under Kirby Smart, certainly drawing a lot of interest. And just how, how did the month uh, go uh, for Georgia based on the feedback that you've gotten from, from different prospects uh, that you've talked to about how uh, Kirby Smart and the staff really tried to implement uh, their plan for, for June? And you know I had um, or Sammy Brown on here, which I know you've had on uh, recruiting every second as well. He was just telling me how how great the camp was uh, at Georgia, talking about Coach Lanning and being able to p- put them through so many drills. I think he said that Georgia had the most drills uh, for those guys. Just, just how did you see uh, or Georgia being being well uh, in the month of June, and and what were some of the comments that that you received uh, from prospects? Well, universally, every prospect that came through was impressed with the new facilities that Georgia had. I was talking about eighty million dollars worth of renovation there on the UGA campus and football facilities, um, just state-of-the-art, you know, programs, whether it's and, – and facilities for the training rooms, for the for the players in the locker rooms, different kind of amenities, the weight room, all of that kind of stuff, and there's more coming. Um, in terms of the overall experience for Georgia, this was kind of been a mixed bag. There's been a lot of excitement, but they've missed out on some of the targets maybe that they've been going after here recently – um, kind of a trend of some of those bigger guys that they've been really trying to hit it out of the park with, maybe going to a Clemson or an Alabama, you know, or even in the case of an Evan Stewart, who's just kind of Georgia and, and Evan Stewart have parted ways kind of deal. So, but part of that, uh, Bennett, is because of the depth that is already at Georgia. And it's just hard to sell opportunity when you got three and four four and five star guys uh, ahead at that position, you know, but, you know, not everybody's afraid to compete and stuff like that, but it's, you know, there's an opportunity business for those players, especially with NIL and all that kind of stuff coming into play now, but uh, definitely some big targets for Georgia upcoming here pretty soon that, that are going to maybe reverse that trend for UGA. 
Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. It always, everybody's always trying to to upgrade their facilities. And I just listening to uh, to Dan Mullen uh, the other day on S- at SEC Media Days talking about how they've got a a new facility coming up. Of course, all, all the SEC teams are as well as around the country really trying to to up their facilities, up their uh, chances of getting uh, these top prospects. Because you know, if you if you look good, you're, you're probably going to play good, you know, with these uniforms and facilities and, and all the things that the coaching staffs are doing now. But since we did have uh, 15 months, you know, of, of recruiting over Zoom, not being able to see uh, any prospects live, were there, was there really anybody that, that kind of stood out uh, for Coach Smart and the staff as guys that, that maybe they thought, you know, were – were maybe not as not as big or not as maybe athletic, you know, put them through camp, uh, really are just things you can't see on Zoom, being able to actually see a guy in person. And, and were there any guys that, that really surprised them, guys that they didn't think uh, would be uh, as impressive, you know, over Zoom, but if they got them in camp, got them on visits, they were really impressed with those guys. I don't know in terms of the negative aspect of it as much as the positive aspect of it. And one player you have to point to is Ja'Cory Thomas, who's now committed to the University of Georgia, defensive back out of Orlando, Florida. He got the opportunity to work out for new defensive back coach at Georgia, Jamila Dye. And while he was doing so, Will Muschamp, who's the senior defensive analyst at Georgia, really took notice of him. In fact, immediately got Kirby Smart involved. Uh, a little bit later on in that visit, Jacory was kind of making the rounds and was headed to go do his photo shoot, but he never got to that photo shoot because apparently Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart had been up in uh, Smart's office, kind of plotting. Uh, you know, we've got to we've got to get this guy on board as soon as possible. So they they brought him back immediately for uh, to Kirby's office. He got the got the offer, and they told him, you know, we would love for you to commit on the spot, even even uh, in a jokingly exaggeration type way, telling him, oh, excuse me, I dropped something there, <laughs> telling him that uh, that hey, we would love to for you to reclassify if we could and and have you play in twenty twenty one. That's how much they like Jacory Thomas, just a explosive athlete that jumped off the board, and he was someone that was overlooked. Also, I think you have a young man in uh, C.J. Madden, Carlton Madden Jr., C.J. Madden out of Cedar Grove High School in Ellenwood, Georgia. He is basically a carbon copy body-wise, except just a little bit taller of Aziz Ojolari. But he was a young man that was ineligible to play his junior year. Now he's really burst onto the scene, and Georgia desperately wants him in this class. He was he was committed to Colorado gets the offer from Georgia decommits and now he has a decision upcoming later on this month. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I always looking for those for those guys uh, that are that are, you know, diamonds in the rough that you've had in camp, had on visits that hey, we need to go get this guy. And certainly it sounds like uh Jacory Thomas was definitely uh, one of those guys. I did kind of want to run through the the offensive uh commits that that Georgia has uh, committed already, and then we'll kind of move in uh, to the defense and some of the remaining targets uh, that are out there. But, but starting off with, with Gunnar Stott, and of course the quarterback was committed to to South Carolina when Mike Bubba was was at South Carolina. Then he moves to to Auburn. You know, a lot of know a lot of people thought that that Gunnar Stott would kind of kind of go with him uh, there uh, to Auburn, but the you know he ends up uh, at Georgia, and then uh, does kind of bring in. The you know the quarterback depth while like you were you mentioning 
uh, depth earlier with JT Daniels. Then you've got Brock Vandergriff there uh, that's, that's come in uh, for Georgia. And now you add uh, Gunnar Stockton into the fold. Just how, how do you see that kind of quarterback room, a room working for Georgia over the next couple of years? I know a lot of people are thinking, and, and I'm one of them, think that JT Daniels is probably going to move on to the NFL after this year. So then it'll be a battle between uh, Vandergriff and Stockton. Yeah, uh, well, Vandergriff, Stockton, and people uh, forget about Carson Beck because Carson Beck was a That's true. at one point Alabama commit uh, before he decommitted and came to came to Georgia. Uh, some some depending on where you looked, a four star, five star caliber young man out of Jacksonville, um, and you know is really a talented quarterback in his own right. He's made a lot of strides. So that quarterback room, like you said, is absolutely loaded with Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, Stetson Bennett, who people don't people cut people don't give Stetson Bennett the credit that he he played extremely well last year to for the situation he was put into to be thrust into into you know playing opportunity when he really wasn't even expected in camp. He was looked to be the four string type guy. And you know Stetson Bennett did a, did a very good job of helping the Georgia Bulldogs, but you're right. Uh, Gunnar Stockton has always – he grew up a Georgia Bulldog fan, uh, grew up wanting to be a part of the Georgia program, but he also – his family very close to the Bobos uh, through that process. He also got very close to Will Muschamp, the head, former head coach of South Carolina, who also happens to be now at Georgia, like I just mentioned. So, Will Muschamp has his fingers all over this class of 2022 for the University of uh, Georgia. And I think that's an excellent hire by Kirby Smart. But Gunnar Stockton is definitely a leader on the offensive side of the ball. Also, Denylon Morissette, who is a hit Gunner's teammate on Hustle Inc. Seven on Seven uh, traveling squad. They, you know, Denylon and Gunner are really leading the way in terms of recruiting for Georgia. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Certainly, uh, certainly. You want your your the, your quarterback in your class to to be kind of the be kind of the catalyst, be the be the leader in recruiting uh, those other these other guys uh, on campus, and and Gunnar Stockton certainly uh, capable of doing that, and and is doing that. Do kind of want to ask you about the rest of the the offensive uh, class, which you mentioned. Uh, now I'm more said already the the wide receiver, and then you got Jordan Bryant, James, the the running back. Of course, you got a couple guys that, that can play uh, both sides of the ball. Not really sure uh, what they're going to play in, at Georgia and, and Malachi Starks and, and Cedric Washington as well. And just what do you, what do you see from from any of those guys? And and kind of uh, what do you like about uh, that class? And maybe some guys that a couple of those guys that we're not really uh, talking about right now that we definitely will be uh, here coming up before signing day. I just think that Georgia really right now has a solid foundation for what I think is going to be another top five class for Kirby Smart because he's not proven to do anything else while he's at Georgia pretty much. Uh, and until otherwise, I mean, you kind of have to assume that Georgia's going to pull out. Yeah, they've had a run of some guys like Keon Sab, Dalen Everett going elsewhere on the defense side of the ball, but it's really two tails for Georgia right now. You have on the defensive side of the ball, People may be going elsewhere because there's a lot of depth over there. Maybe not a lot of experience for Georgia right now, but there's a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball. And then on offense, you know, maybe some of those recruits are still holding out to see, okay, is the vision that Georgia's saying where they're going to change the offense and become more explosive and more efficient, is that going to come to fruition? And guys like Denylon Morissette, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Bryant-James, um, you know, th they've bought into that 
that vision. Uh, I do think Malachi Starks and C.J. Washington start off on the defensive side of the ball, definitely at Georgia. However, Malachi Starks has definitely said it, that Georgia's expressed that he would like, they would like to get him some reps at wide receiver too, so we'll see. Uh, that's always kind of a thing that's said in recruiting, but you know, very rarely plays out in college football now these days. So I think those guys will finish on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Really the biggest offensive target they have remaining is Branson Robinson, who makes a decision on the 22nd. So uh, two days from now, Branson Robinson will be making his his decision, and uh, we'll see how that – he's really the five-star running back out of Mississippi, one of the biggest targets for Georgia in the class. They're, they're looking to take – two running backs in this class because they're probably going to lose Amir White and, and James Cook after this season. So we'll see how things end up over there. But that's really kind of what's going on, on the offensive side. And the defensive side, they're just trying to get some some key more key pieces on the secondary. They have Ja'Cory Thomas, who we've talked about. They have Malachi Starks, who would probably play that star hybrid position. And they have Marquise groves Killebrew, who was their first commit in the 2022 class. But they're going to look to try to bring in another safety and another corner. A uh, guy like Kamari Wilson from IMG, five, you know, four or five-star caliber guy is right there, um, a guy they feel really good about. And then from there, it's they're probably going to try to flip a guy, whether it's a Jaheim Singletary or Julian Humphrey out of Florida, a Caleb Coley from Vanderbilt. We'll see what ends up happening there. But that uh, secondary edge rusher and defensive tackle are really the areas they're kind of set at linebacker right now. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And and you're right about the the defensive depth uh, that Georgia that Georgia has, especially uh, for the, for this season. Uh, you know, adding Tyke Smith and Darian Kendrick from the transfer portal, they're probably going to going to get one or two years out of out of one or two of those guys, and then and then you don't you know, never know about what the depth is going to be like coming back because you it's always uh, fluid, especially with this, especially with the transfer portal and everything nowadays. But wild, but I did wild west add, now. <laughs> yeah, it's all the all the nil and and, and transfer portals really going to be uh, shaking up uh, the recruiting game here uh, in in the you know coming years and i did i did a quick question about nil you, did you, i know kirby kirby smart kind of answered it a little bit uh at sec media days uh, already but is georgia really uh having a, a pitch for nil uh, in their recruiting pitch right now or, or are they just kind of are taking the rep- approach where uh, if guys are, are asking them about it of course they're they're going to educate them and and you know and try to uh, get them up to speed as quick as possible on what Georgia wants to do with NIL or, is, or how, how is that going uh, in the process with these prospects and, and how, and how many of them, you know, have asked about NIL or, or how many of them have just, you know, kind of brought it up gradually. Georgia is showing people the infrastructure they have in place to help uh, the players learn more about NIL, but Georgia is not, harping or focusing on nil and i in fact had one edge rusher target dj wesselak out of missouri he's out of boonville missouri he told me he said i'm so thankful that georgia is not harping on nil he said he said these schools that are using nil to recruit you he he, this was a direct quote he said they don't know what the hell they are talking about (laughs) like he said he said i'm i'm happy they were doing relationships. They were talking about football. Those are the kind of things he said. The NIL stuff's going to come, and Georgia has a has a avenue for that, and so does Alabama and things like that. But I think the programs like the Georgias, like the Alabamas, like the Clemsons, Ohio States, 
they're not going to be the ones talking as much about that. That's going to kind of be a byproduct of your success at that school. There's going to be schools like a Vanderbilt, like a, a Wake Forest, like a Miami even that are looking to get back up into the ranks of relevancy in college, you know, football. And they may have to use it because it's a bargaining chip. You know, it's a, it's, it's something good for them, but not so much Georgia. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so either. I think the, the on field uh, success definitely speaks to itself and you certainly don't want uh, guys getting their minds uh, wrapped about NIL. Of course you want to stay focused uh, on the football field whenever whenever you're there trying to focus on, on winning the championship. But, but the last couple of things that I have for you is where here for Blaine Gilmer just does an incredible job for ujsports.com. You can also catch him on the Recruiting Every Second podcast, does that as well. Let him plug all that uh, at the end. But I did kind of want to ask you about the the wide receiver targets that are remaining for Georgia. Obviously, they're, they got two or three um, of spots to, to fill there with the wide receiver class. Only have one committed uh, right now, like we talked about with Morissette, but are those guys, you know, Jaden Gibson's a guy that, that comes to mind that really uh, Georgia saw at the opening that, that extended an offer to, like, well, we kind of talked about uh, last week and, and, you know, just being really impressed with him. I think they kind of, you know, vaulted up. He vaulted up to the top of Georgia's board, and and he's certainly high on Georgia, included him uh, in his top eight after the offer. And then just how do you see uh, Jaden Gibson's recruitment playing out right now? What what percentage uh, Georgia, what percentage Florida? I uh, had uh, Dave Waters on here. He was thinking it was probably 55-45 Florida at this point. But but what do you think about Jaden Gibson and then a couple other of those wide receiver targets that Georgia has to kind of round out uh, that piece of the class? Yeah, I know uh, Dave. Dave's a good guy over there at uh, uh, Gators Breakdown. So, but uh, I I agree with that percentage right now. I'd say Florida is still probably the favorite just because of both of Jaden's parents. But if Georgia gets Jaden Gibson on campus, that's going to be a whole different ball game. And he's planning on getting there here at the end of July, I believe. The last time I talked to him, that was his that was his plan. So we will see uh, what happens with with Jaden Gibson there. But Georgia is wide open on the on the receiving you know recruiting board Jaden Gibson's there Shaz Preston's there they're trying to flip Luther Burden from Oklahoma uh you know guys like Amari Kelly who is in at Trustville uh, out of Trustville Alabama who's been he told me that his top three are Alabama Georgia and believe it or not UCF because he said that uh he was a big Gus Malzahn guy when Gus was at Auburn and he Gus Malzahn has recruits convinced that UCF is primed to run that program in a SEC like fashion. And they, of course they've had great success and Gus has, has had, you know, people forget that Gus Malzahn had the hardest job in America, you know, playing uh, Alabama, Georgia, LSU every year. So Texas at third Texas A&M in there. So those are kind of the main targets. Watch out for guys like Cole Spear out of uh, Calhoun, Georgia, who doesn't really have major, uh, power five offers yet has offer from like Memphis, Appalachian State, people like that. But the the kid ran a four three seven laser time forty at Appalachian State's prospect camp. So he's going to be one of those that maybe jumps up the boards late, kind of like a lad McConkey did for Georgia not too long ago out of uh, Northwest Georgia up there. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree on on Gus Malzahn. I know a lot of guys are, are really high on him, especially when he was at Auburn, and just think he everything he does is is about time. And especially with the with the new uh, twelve team playoff a format of expansion, I uh, talk that's Isn't been going right? on. 
I know uh, or UCF's uh, going to be vying for to get in the to get in the playoff or winning the, winning the American and and doing all the things that they want to do uh, in Orlando. But the final thing that I have for you was I couldn't let you go without asking you about uh, Oscar Delph. I know we've kind of talked about him a lot off the air, but just Ooh. the the battle between uh, South Carolina and Georgia, it seems right now. I know he he decided uh, not to go to to either cookout uh, at the end of the month, not to go to South Carolina's uh, or Georgia's. Just where do you see uh, that uh, recruitment right now? And and I know it seems like it's going to go uh, into the season. And a lot of people thought that you know, maybe he would be ready to to make a decision uh, prior to the season. Yeah, I think that Oscar Delp. I, I've just always felt all along that he is the the type of guy that's slated to end up at the University of Georgia. I think Todd Hartley has proven himself to be a just tremendous recruiter of the tight end position. However, Shane Beamer and company are trying to make it as hard as possible with their you know social media campaign, which I'm not sure how much that's going to impact a guy like Oscar Depp. He'll he'll say all the things you know it's cool and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that that's not he's got a strong family unit and uh you know support base so that's not going to be a determining factor for him but you know shane beamer definitely tried to do his best of writing a love letter to oscar delp in his uh opening address of the no doubt day so we'll see what ends up happening there i think oscar uh is oscar's well educated oscar knows if he chooses south carolina he's going to choose it because he just thinks that's the best place for him but i would i would definitely mark george as the leader for oscar delp still at this point Awesome. Well, Blaine, I know you I know you got to run, got to get to your your recruiting every second on podcast, which yeah. like give you the opportunity to to plug as well as your work uh, at ugasports.com and and where the people can find you on social media and definitely got to got to get you back on again before the season to actually talk about the season with you, but but tell everybody where they can find your content and and on social media as well, brother. No doubt. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my handle down below that uh, Bennett's put on there for me at bgilmer18. You can follow the show using at recruiting underscore SEC. And then, of course, if you want to uh, read up on Georgia recruiting, because a lot of these, if you're SEC fan, a lot of these recruits overlap, ugasports.com. That's where you can uh, catch writing and recruiting pieces over there and also on the UGA Sports U- YouTube channel. So uh, anywhere like that, uh, check it out. And uh, Bennett, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man. Always, always appreciate uh, talking to you. Definitely got to get you back on soon. Hope you stay safe and well, brother. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks so much to Blaine for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.